0: Hi, ParCast listeners, it's Vanessa with some incredible news. You can purchase your copy of our book, Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Join Them, available now at parcast.com cults. Cults is an expanded look at the people who led and followed the most radical groups in history, with an unflinching exploration into what happens when the most vulnerable recesses of the mind are twisted into the lowest forms of malevolence, details not featured on our podcasts. We're so proud to bring you this fantastic compilation of stories, and we're forever grateful for your support. Without you, none of this would be possible. So thank you. Visit parcast.com cults to order your copy of cults inside the world's most notorious groups and understanding the people who joined them. That's parcast.com cults to order today.
1: This is Richard, host of Unexplained Mysteries. Today, my co hosts Molly and Carter from Conspiracy Theories are here to wrap up our four part series on Roswell The Legacy. If you thought the last few episodes were explosive, buckle your seatbelts because today's conclusion is going to leave you awestruck.
2: On November 14, 2004, U.S. Navy Commander David Fravor was running drills in his supersonic jet off the coast of San Diego. In the middle of his exercise, orders came in for Fravor to suspend the training. Instead, he needed to examine something about 60 miles from his location.
3: For days, unidentified flying objects had been stalking a nearby aircraft carrier called the USS Princeton. Now, they were back, and the Air Force worried they could be a threat.
1: Fravor's orders led him to a white, tic-tac-shaped craft about the size of his own airplane. Only this one had no wings, and it was hovering just above the ocean.
2: The airman was terrified— He was unarmed against an unpredictable object. After the vessel mirrored his plane's movements for a few moments, it took off faster than anything Fravor had seen before.
3: When he returned to the aircraft carrier, Fravor took heat from other Navy officers who hadn't seen the UFO, but the teasing wasn't enough to keep him from reporting the case to his higher ups. Fravor put his reputation in jeopardy by doing so, but he was confident he'd seen something otherworldly. As far as Fravor could tell, his superiors
1: just brushed his sighting under the rug. It went without investigation for years, or so he believed.
2: Because in 2017, the New York Times dropped one of the biggest bombshells in UFO and possibly American history. The article was titled, Glowing Auras and Black Money, The Pentagon's Mysterious UFO Program. Partially inspired by the events Fravor witnessed in 2004, the piece claimed the government had never really stopped studying unidentified aircraft.
3: And after decades of denying it, the Pentagon finally admitted they could be a threat to national security.
2: Welcome to Roswell The Legacy, a four-episode podcast special presented by Unexplained Mysteries and Conspiracy Theories. I'm your host, Molly.
1: And I'm your host, Richard. Normally, on
3: Tuesdays and Thursdays, we co-host Unexplained Mysteries. And I'm your host, Carter. On Mondays and Wednesdays, Molly and I co-host Conspiracy Theories.
2: For these two weeks, we've teamed up to bring you the special crossover on the Roswell UFO incident. It happened 75 years ago, last week, and kick-started decades of speculation about extraterrestrial life.
1: Some reports suggest the U.S. military may have used the UFO wreckage to develop new technology, or to perform illicit autopsies.
3: Or, most concerning of all, Roswell may have led to a decades-long global misinformation campaign.
2: Today, we bring you the fourth and final episode of Roswell, The Legacy. We're going to talk about the current climate of ufology. We'll examine how private investors brought the conversation on UFOs back into the public eye and how the Pentagon report is an admission. There's still a lot we don't know.
3: We'll talk about the threats UFOs might present to society and to us as individuals. And finally, We'll examine the possibility UFOs aren't extraterrestrial at all, but something far more mind-blowing. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Bottling everything up can be really bad for you in the long run and have some terrible consequences. And this isn't a conspiracy theory. The more you let things build up, the more of a toll it can take on your mental health. I know for me, in dealing with some traumatic events in my life, I had the tendency to think, well, they've already happened. I'm okay. Other people have it worse. It doesn't matter much. And through therapy, I was really able to understand how those events impacted me and changed how I'd started to see the world in ways that weren't great and were sometimes making my life worse. So therapy or dealing with any traumatic events you've had might really help you in terms of how you can live in the present moment now. So if you want to give therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also really easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash conspiracy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, click it or tick it paid for by nitsa
0: want a website with unmatched power speed and control try bluehost cloud the new web hosting plan from bluehost built for wordpress creators by wordpress experts with 100 uptime incredible load times and 24 7 wordpress priority support your sites will be lightning fast with global reach and with bluehost cloud your sites can handle surges in traffic no matter how big Plus, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. Get started now at Bluehost.com.
1: Our history is riddled with false perceptions of reality, which are often followed by game-changing revelations. It wasn't until the 16th century that Copernicus proved the solar system doesn't revolve around the Earth, but instead around the sun.
3: In the 1700s, scientists still didn't believe meteorites fell from space. Unless they saw it with their own two eyes, most people
2: didn't think rocks rained down from the sky at all. We weren't even convinced there were other galaxies, let alone 700 quintillion planets, until Edwin Hubble confirmed their existence in 1925.
3: Given all this, the idea that aliens could have visited Earth, or at least passed by, doesn't sound that far-fetched, does it? Dozens, if not hundreds, of
1: government officials and scientists agree. The problem's always been convincing others to put their fears and doubts aside and study these
3: potentially extraterrestrial objects in earnest. But getting there requires a few brave souls who are willing to risk their reputation and their careers to find the truth. In 2007, One of those people was Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid.
2: While growing up in Searchlight, Nevada, away from the city lights and pollution, Reid had a crystal clear view of the stars and the Milky Way. He spent his nights dreaming of other worlds and the beings who occupied them.
1: That feeling of wonder never left Reid, even as he began his life of politics. In fact, it eventually inspired him to use his power
3: and leverage to seek answers. Reed had heard whispers of Navy, Air Force, and other military officials having experiences with the unknown. Problem was, many were afraid to talk about it for fear of being laughed out of the building. Reed wanted to create a safe, research-driven space where these stories could be studied analytically— primarily because Reed
2: wasn't convinced these sightings were all benign. He believed they could be threats to our national security, and he found it absurd the United States as a whole wasn't taking them seriously. So, in 2007, he helped secure $22 million in government funding to get the answers he'd been searching for.
1: With that money, Reed created the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, or ATIP, and he appointed a former Department of Defense Intelligence officer
3: named Luis Elizondo to
1: take the helm.
3: Elizondo's job was to analyze hundreds of reports and videos from pilots, captains, radar operators, and other officials. He then met with aerospace and radar engineers to try and explain some of these sightings. He also advocated for footage to be declassified for public release.
2: But Elizondo wasn't a one-man team. Some of that budget went to an outside business, a private aerospace research company owned and operated by ex-real estate mogul Robert Bigelow.
3: After securing this government contract, Bigelow went on a hiring frenzy, bringing on subcontractors to gather research and eyewitness accounts for the program. He allegedly modified some of his real estate properties in Las Vegas to store strange objects for further experimentation, like metal alloys and other materials from downed craft, which makes you wonder if they'd finally run out of storage space at Hangar 18.
2: They also interviewed close encounter witnesses, people who'd experienced physical side effects after their exposure to these unknown craft.
1: Bigelow may have even poured his own money into the project, but his reason for teaming up with tip was far larger than profits. He felt the United States was lagging behind other nations
3: in terms of UFO investigations. Bigelow said, quote, China and Russia are much more open and work on this with huge organizations within their countries. Smaller countries like Belgium, France, England, and South American countries like Chile are more open, too. They are proactive and willing to discuss this topic rather than being held back by a juvenile taboo. Which is likely why Bigelow accepted the contract in the first place. We
1: aren't clear specifically what conclusions Bigelow and Atip drew from their research, but we do know this much. The craft they analyzed didn't seem to come from any place on Earth, and those involved worried the U.S. didn't have the capabilities to defend itself. These were objects that traveled twice the speed of any human-made machines and with technologies far more
2: advanced than our own. By 2009, Reed was so rattled by what ATIP had uncovered, he advocated for more resources. A Pentagon briefing said, quote, what was considered science fiction is now science fact.
3: However, Reed's request was denied.
1: The Pentagon didn't just say no to Reed's recommendation.
3: They began defunding ATIP entirely. In 2012, the Pentagon claimed they'd shut down ATIP because they had bigger issues demanding the budget. But for unknown reasons, Elizondo apparently stayed on the payroll. He continued operating out of the Pentagon, working alongside the CIA and other military officials. That is, until
1: 2017, when Elizondo had enough he was frustrated with the Pentagon's laissez-faire attitude toward UFOs. That and the lack of resources made Elizondo feel as though he was wasting time with his efforts.
2: He resigned by that fall, but his work was far from over, because that's when he met an unlikely collaborator, rock star and UFO enthusiast, Tom DeLonge.
3: The former frontman for Blink-182 had spent the past year or so putting together a team of experts on ufology. DeLong had been fascinated with UFOs since his childhood, and after leaving the band, he connected with several government sources, many of whom confirmed his suspicions. UFOs were real and a threat to be taken seriously. DeLong put a
1: lot of his own money into starting the To the Stars Academy, a private program that would study what the government refused to. He searched for leaders in the military, intelligence, and sciences, claiming he wanted a sort of Knights of the Roundtable to help him run it.
2: One of the first people DeLong signed on was Hal Puthoff, a former Stanford engineer who'd worked on notable experiments with the CIA throughout the 70s. Coincidentally, Putoff had also teamed up with Bigelow's company and A-Tip before it lost its funding.
3: Also on that list, an aerospace engineer who'd worked on government contracts at Lockheed Martin, a French astronomer and scientist, and the former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence under Bill Clinton.
1: Shortly after his resignation from A-Tip in 2017, Luis Elizondo also joined DeLong's team. Now that he was in the private sector, Elizondo decided to blow the whistle on the Pentagon and their secret UFO program. If they weren't going to do something about the possible
2: threat, he would. With DeLong's help, Elizondo began shopping a story around to the press. He neatly packaged it with videos he'd gotten declassified while working for ATIP. He also gave the press several documents from Bigelow's aerospace findings. After several officials confirmed the intel was authentic, it was off to the races. On December
3: 16, 2017, the New York Times dropped one of the biggest stories in the publication's history. The government was keenly aware that UFOs might be a threat and had been investigating the matter over the last decade.
2: Coming up, the taboo surrounding UFOs begins to crumble.
0: Hi listeners, it's Vanessa. I'm so excited to tell you that our first book is on sale now. This is such a big moment for the whole ParCast family, and we can't wait for you to read it. It's called Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Join Them. And you can purchase it today by visiting parcast.com cults. This is a passion project years in the making and only made possible by you. With your support, we've been able to get back to our storytelling roots. This time with a wealth of research and insights under our belt and intimate details not covered on our podcast before. Shame, exploitation, power. Cults unfolds the many motives behind groups like Nexium, Heaven's Gate, The People's Temple, and more, revealing eye-opening details which will surprise even the most devoted true crime fan. Visit parcast.com slash cults to order your copy of Cults, inside the world's most notorious groups and understanding the people who join them. That's parcast.com slash cults. And on behalf of everyone here at Parcast, thank you for joining us on this journey. We hope you enjoy. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until. That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case. Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds.
1: Really? The real mystery is why I'm only learning this now.
2: Canva.com. Designed for work. Now, back to the story.
3: In December 2017, the New York Times published an article titled, Glowing Auras and Black Money, the Pentagon's Mysterious UFO Programme. It revealed the government did still have an interest in studying anomalous aircraft, and the ATIP program was operated under the Department of Defense, meaning they believe these things could pose a threat to national security. Elizondo
1: and DeLong had accomplished the unthinkable. A declassified video of an F-18's pursuit of an unidentified craft was included in the article. It also mentioned Harry Reid and Robert Bigelow's involvement in the program.
2: Not only was this a massive revelation for those who didn't know America's history with UFOs, it was also a relief for those who'd been lied to or had been keeping their experiences quiet over the years. After
3: the article came out, retired Navy pilot Ryan Graves felt comfortable enough to share his story with CBS's 60 Minutes, He admitted UFO encounters happened so frequently during his service he just accepted them as part of the job. He claimed he saw at least one a day over several years. Graves recalled one particular instance in
1: 2015. He said he knew these UFOs were not man-made machines when he saw the acceleration, sharp turns and dead stops they made at massive speeds. Graves understood no human body could withstand the force inside those aircraft.
2: Initially, Graves' squadron was led to believe that the incidents were just part of a classified drone program. He never pressed the issue, believing it might preclude him from future missions.
3: But the New York Times revelation did spark some internal changes amongst the military. In 2019... The Navy amended their protocol and released an official set of guidelines on how to report UFOs so they could be analyzed as legitimate threats to the airspace.
1: By the summer, several Navy pilots who had had experiences like graves were standing before Congress. In what was likely an emotional and cathartic experience, they explained every detail of what they'd seen— and their concerns about the lack of follow-up.
2: About a year later, in August 2020, the Pentagon announced it would take UFOs more seriously from here on out. They were establishing a brand new program called the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force to quote, improve its understanding of and gain insight into the nature and origins of UAPs.
3: Much like how Captain RuPelt did with Project Blue Book, the name UFO was changed to UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. The reason? Rebranding and removing the stigma that came with the former term. They also felt this would encourage more people to report their sightings, And it could help the government avoid ridicule for examining them. As soon as the Department of Defense
1: announced this new program, it seemed like more information on UAPs began seeping through the cracks. In February 2021, the Defense Intelligence Agency released a document that had been requested through the Freedom
2: of Information Act. According to Anthony Bergalia, the UFO researcher who submitted the request, the 154-page report showed the government did have debris from a downed UFO, and it was eventually sent to none other than Robert Bigelow's company for testing.
3: Much of the document is redacted. However, there was enough to suggest the debris had extraordinary capabilities, including remembering its original form when bent out of shape.
1: Which sounds exactly like what Mac Brazel found on the Foster Ranch just outside of Roswell, New Mexico in 1947.
2: At the time of his find, there was nothing on earth that compared to this material. But in 1959, a scientist for the Naval Ordnance Labs allegedly discovered nitinol, a metal alloy with shape memory. According to Bregaglia, they likely used what was recovered back in New Mexico to develop this material.
3: Which is shocking in and of itself. But June 2021 brought the mother of all admissions. One that shifted the landscape yet again. The Pentagon report. The Pentagon announced a task force was working to categorize UAPs.
1: They fell into five concrete buckets... Secret technology developed by an adversarial nation, classified American technologies, naturally occurring phenomena, airborne clutter like rogue weather balloons, and most disconcerting of all, other.
2: Out of 144 incidents that had been studied by the task force, only one could be placed into a category, a balloon they classified as aerial clutter. They said the rest remained largely inconclusive and required more analysis.
3: Which brings up a larger issue. For years, the government emphatically denied UAPs were truly unexplainable phenomena, This new release essentially proves operations like Sign, Grudge, and Blue Book were, in fact, covering up the truth when they wrote sightings off as weather anomalies or radar errors. And the government is finally admitting to the public, yes,
1: these are national security concerns. UAPs might not be shooting airplanes out of the sky, but the sheer fact that they're lurking in our airspace is enough for the Director of National Intelligence.
2: In the Pentagon report, he claimed the most immediate concern was pilots dealing with a quote, increasingly cluttered air domain, end quote. They also feared these UAPs may be other nations spying on our top secret projects. While
3: this may seem more like an issue of paranoia, it's possible they're just downplaying a harsher truth to keep from widespread panic. And the former deputy assistant for the Secretary of Defense, Christopher Mellon, thinks he knows the reason. He believes officials consider them a threat because these
1: are advanced technologies we cannot understand. And therefore, we cannot
3: defend ourselves against them. If the officials won't outwardly admit this, it makes you wonder, what else has the government been hiding all these years regarding UAPs?
2: Senator Marco Rubio might have let that answer slip in December 2021 when he announced a new plan for more cross-departmental communication on UAPs. During that statement, he said, quote,
1: It is my hope that the creation of a new joint defense department and intelligence community office focused on UAPs will provide the resources, analytics, and attention needed to determine what is loitering around our military training ranges.
3: Meaning they are taking an interest in our nuclear arsenals. As early as 1948... UAPs were reported in the skies over the Los Alamos and Sandia National Laboratories in New Mexico, locations that were developing nuclear technologies.
2: In 1950, they appeared again. In the 1960s and 70s, they were found hovering over the Malmstrom Air Force Base in Montana, a location that was storing an entire nuclear missile arsenal.
3: Former Air Force Captain Robert Salas was present during one of these sightings at Malmstrom. He claimed Not only did the UAPs appear to be keeping an eye on the base, they somehow deactivated 10 of the missiles, rendering them inoperable.
1: For years, Captain Salas tried to blow the whistle on the UAP's interest in nuclear sites. He wasn't alone. UFO researcher Robert Hastings interviewed more than 160 different people, all of whom saw anomalous craft hovering over nuclear laboratories or military bases.
2: And they weren't always shutting operations down. In an interview, ATIP's Luis Elizondo said he'd seen data suggesting there were also occasions where UAPs brought inactive weapons back online.
3: Like Elizondo, Salas felt it was imperative his government take his concerns seriously. If these UAPs could switch a nuclear arsenal on and off from a distance, perhaps they were also capable of using our own weapons against us. So, in October 2021, Captain Salas and three other Air Force veterans were finally called to Washington to speak their truth about what they'd witnessed.
2: It's clear these UAPs are taking an interest in our nuclear arsenals, and the government should be paying attention to that. The question is, are these beings trying to hurt us or help us?
3: According to lobbyist Stephen Bassett, this is more of a flex than anything else. He believes these UAPs might be showing us just how useless our nuclear arsenals are and how easily they can be controlled.
1: With the lack of credible research being done in the field, his theories as good as any other. But there is evidence UAPs may be leaving a physical mark on those who experience close encounters. Whether it's intentional is still up for debate.
2: Back in December 2017, just days after the New York Times released its bombshell article, the Sun sent a request through the Freedom of Information Act to the Defense Intelligence Agency, or DIA.
1: Four and a half years later, in April 2022, they finally heard back. They received 1,500 documents, many suggesting these UAPs weren't as benign as we'd hoped. And the government was well aware.
3: One of the pages proved authorities had been investigating injuries sustained during UFO encounters. The report was put together by none other than Dr. Christopher Kit Green, the same doctor we met last episode, who first alleged the alien autopsy footage was authentic.
2: Dr. Green's report consisted of 42 cases pulled from UFO witnesses' medical files. The ailments included everything from radiation burns to paralysis to nerve damage, heart palpitations, headaches, even unaccounted-for pregnancies.
1: A 48-year-old man gave his personal account to two investigators who were seemingly working with Dr. Green. He claimed in 2005 he and his daughter were driving outside of Bend, Oregon when they noticed three blue lights passing through the sky.
3: After watching the orbs for several minutes, the father-daughter duo saw them coming closer to their vehicle. The witness said the lights then passed through the car, touching both of them.
2: Following the encounter, the man suffered from nausea and dizziness and began losing his sight, hearing, and hair. Two years later, doctors diagnosed him with an extremely rare cancer in his chest.
1: A similar situation happened to first-class airman John Burroughs. In 1980, he was stationed at the Royal Air Force Bentwaters base in the UK when a UFO allegedly touched down in the forest outside. Burroughs, who got close enough to the grounded spaceship to touch it, later suffered from heart failure and symptoms commonly related to radiation exposure.
3: Even the pilots who spotted the famous Tic Tac craft in 2004 had some side effects. However, the details of those medical ailments have not been made public. So
1: not only could these UAPs pose a threat to our national security, they could harm us on an individual level as well. It goes to show there is physical evidence of some of these encounters, and the matter is worth exploring in more depth.
2: Luckily, that's finally starting to happen. By removing the stigma around UAP reporting, private companies are expanding their research with more legitimacy and funding. Which means we might have answers sooner than we expected.
3: Coming up, theories on alien life and their connections to us. Three great words: free fries Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with one dollar minimum purchase. Bell one time on Fridays at participating in McDonald's through twelve thirty one twenty four. Excludes tax, must up to rewards. Now back to the story.
2: Ever since the New York Times exposed the Pentagon's interest in UAPs in 2017, more firsthand witnesses have come forward with their stories.
1: In February 2022, Nick Pope, a former UFO investigator for the British Ministry of Defense, expressed his optimism. He anticipated seeing an expansion in the field of ufology now that the floodgates had been cracked open. For the first time in history, Pope said he saw what he believed was a quote, genuine desire to grip the issue.
3: So what's to come? Well, if you ask Pope, the answer is more congressional hearings, more declassified videos and accounts of UAPs, and more inquiries from civilians through the Freedom of Information Act, which as we saw with Dr. Green's report, could lead to some pretty mind-boggling revelations.
2: Even if politicians continue to be cagey, there are plenty of private companies who are now eager to break into the UAP space. These are legitimate scientists and organizations who for decades were afraid to ask the long forbidden question, do aliens exist?
1: And where better to start than by creating more UAP spotting technologies? Mark Rodiger is the scientific director of the Center for UFO Studies in Chicago, and he believes we'll see an increase in UFO detection programs popping up over the next several years. He claimed the effort to detect, track, and measure the UFO phenomenon in the field in real time
3: has recently entered a new phase. If UAPs can be studied academically and scientifically, Rodiger believes it will attract some of the world's leading scientists like never before. One of them is Harvard astrophysicist Avi Loeb.
2: For most of his career, Loeb specialized in the early universe, gamma rays, black holes, and other more acceptable phenomena in astrophysics.
1: Of course, Loeb was also always curious about the existence of alien life. He even dabbled in the study of UAPs, albeit discreetly, for some years. But in 2017, his life was changed forever when researchers at the University of Hawaii spotted a strange object through the Pan-STARRS telescope.
3: The NASA-funded, cutting-edge telescope was designed in part to locate and track comets that might pose a threat to Earth. But on October 19th, The machine picked up something astronomers had never seen before. It was a red, 100-meter-long, flat, cigar-like object.
2: They named the anomalous material Oumuamua. It was 10 times more reflective than any typical space rock from our solar system, which made scientists believe it was constructed of metal. Additionally, after passing by the sun, Oumuamua sped up faster than what's possible for any comet or asteroid.
1: Loeb closely examined Oumuamua's properties with an open mind. By October 2018, he and his partner published a paper explicitly suggesting Oumuamua may be a, quote, "...fully operational probe sent intentionally to Earth's vicinity by an alien civilization."
2: And miraculously, they weren't laughed out of Harvard. Instead, they got a feature in The New Yorker.
3: If Loeb had made this statement 20 years prior, who knows what might have come of his career. Instead, he took his research and parlayed it into a whole new company designed to study the UAP phenomenon further. It's called the Galileo Project.
2: Just a month after the Pentagon report in July 2021, Loeb launched the project out of Harvard. Unlike the many government programs that came before, Galileo's objective is to find validated evidence of alien life rather than collect anecdotal information like eyewitness testimony.
1: Essentially, Galileo is broken down into two departments— One is working to identify the nature and origin of obscure space debris like Oumuamua. The other studies closer-range UAPs, like the ones thousands
3: if not millions of people have reported over the centuries. With a team of over a hundred scientists, Galileo wants to be transparent with their findings and release all information to the public. They also plan to start building a cutting-edge telescope on the Harvard campus in the summer of 2022.
2: Since the 1980s, the SETI Institute has been one of the only privately funded organizations to really scan the skies for signs of extraterrestrial life. Historically, they used electromagnetic waves and radio signals to try and make contact. But Loeb argues While their efforts are admirable, their approach is outdated. Their research is predicated on the idea extraterrestrials would use radio waves to communicate. So it's a small net to cast.
1: Which is why Galileo's telescopes will focus on visuals, searching for alien technology floating around and outside of our solar system. Using infrared cameras, the telescope will constantly survey our skies. It'll use technology to differentiate between drones, birds, balloons, and any other excuses the military has used to
3: write off UFOs in the past. Even SETI is updating their space-sweeping technologies with more efficient methods. Aside from radio signals, the Institute is now looking for techno-signatures on other planets. Essentially, these are chemical changes to a world's atmosphere like increases in oxygen or methane gases that would imply something is respirating, and therefore
2: alive. SETI will also search for evidence of artificiality on other planets, like lasers or satellites. And they're maintaining, but updating, traditional methods by working on a more powerful radio telescope called the Very Large Array, which can scan an area 1,000 times larger than any current telescope.
1: The more advanced our technology becomes, the harder it is to dupe the public into believing UAPs are explainable objects. YouTube, TikTok, and other video outlets are littered with evidence showing UAPs are beyond human capabilities. And with the help of organizations like the SETI Institute and Project Galileo, we'll soon have an even more scientific assessment of what we're actually dealing with.
3: But what if humanity's evolution is exactly what got us into this conundrum in the first place? Meaning, what if UFOs aren't some interstellar travelers at all, but instead a more technologically advanced version of ourselves?
2: Michael Masters, an anthropology professor at Montana Technological University, says this theory has been gaining some momentum over the last few years. Even he speculates UAPs could be our descendants using future technologies to visit us in their past, like a kind of time travel tourism.
1: Masters points to some of the incomprehensible qualities of UAP sightings. He thinks it could explain the use of machinery we don't yet have, how UFOs accelerate and decelerate so quickly, and how some alien sightings imply the creatures look relatively human.
3: This theory isn't entirely new. When German mathematician and physicist Dr. Hermann Obert heard about the Roswell crash, he also postulated the craft could be a time machine made by humans.
2: The Bentwaters UK sighting also had great evidence to support the time travel theory an Air Force member named Jim Penniston got close enough to touch the UFO parked in the forest. Afterward, he claimed his mind was flooded with a binary code, a series of ones and zeros he felt compelled to write down in his journal.
3: Years later, Penniston underwent hypnotherapy to deal with the anxiety he suffered following the event. There, he claimed to unlock a hidden memory from his encounter. The beings were time travelers.
2: Shortly after, Penniston dug up that journal of binary code. When producers working on a docu-series with Penniston decoded it, they found more evidence of his claims.
3: Like Morse code, the ones and zeros spelled out a message. It said, quote, exploration of humanity, continuous for planetary advance, eyes of your eyes, origin year, 8100. Perhaps the Roswell
1: legacy began not with extraterrestrials, but terrestrial visitors. Maybe everything we think we know about the Roswell event is a whole other narrative entirely. It's possible 8100 is the year these UAPs came from.
2: We may not get answers in our lifetime, but at least we're starting to see the truth. Because... Another recent Freedom of Information Act request proved the government was actually hiding something in July 1947 in Roswell, New Mexico.
3: The request uncovered an internal memo from 1950, three years after the Roswell crash. It was sent from Washington, D.C. to J. Edgar Hoover, then director of the FBI. The subject line was, quote, flying saucers. And it explicitly mentioned how the United States Air Force had recovered three flying saucers in New Mexico.
1: That wasn't all. It claimed the craft were approximately 50 feet in diameter and each one contained, quote, three bodies of human shape, but only three feet tall, dressed in metallic cloth of a
3: very fine texture. The memo was a smoking gun. It proved the government was having internal conversations about extraterrestrials. And they clearly didn't think it was a weather balloon or a top-secret project at all. As far as they were concerned, Roswell had produced evidence of alien life. They just weren't sharing it with us.
2: And it makes you wonder, what will the Freedom of Information Act reveal next?
1: Perhaps the Roswell legacy is just beginning. The truth is making the rounds, and as they say, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube.
2: It's time the world knew the truth about our universe. Are we alone? Have we been visited? What and who else is out there?
3: We can guarantee you someone on Earth has the answers. The question
1: is, are we ready for them?
3: Thanks for tuning in. This wraps up our exploration of Roswell, The Legacy. We'll resume our normal release schedule on unexplained mysteries and conspiracy theories next time. You can find more episodes of
1: unexplained mysteries, conspiracy theories, and all other Spotify originals from
3: ParCast for free on Spotify. See you next time. Conspiracy theories and unexplained mysteries are Spotify originals from ParCast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Dick Schroeder, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Nick Johnson, Trent Williamson, and Carly Madden. This special episode of Conspiracy Theories and Unexplained Mysteries was written by Lori Gottlieb, edited by Angela Jorgensen and Kate Gallagher, fact-checked by Bennett Logan, researched by Bradley Klein, and produced by Bruce Kotovich. Conspiracy Theories and Unexplained Mysteries stars Molly Brandenburg, Richard Rossner, and Carter Roy.
0: Listeners, remember to visit parcast.com cults to order your copy of our first book, Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Join Them. It's on sale today, and I can't wait for you to dive in. Nexium, the Branch Davidians, Heaven's Gate, and more. Cults takes you beyond the headlines for an intimate look at the sordid beginnings and deadly ends of the most radical groups in history. Details never heard on our show before. If you love our cult series or any of our true crime podcasts, this book is for you. Without your loyalty and support, none of this would be possible. So we truly hope you enjoy. Visit parcast.com cults to order your copy of cults inside the world's most notorious groups and understanding the people who Joined them. It's on sale and ready to read right now. Order today at parcast.com cults.